I literally <laughs> threw my kid in the crib. He's like, mommy, sit down. I was like, I got a podcast. Peace out. <laughs> oh, I know, mommy, kids... mommy, sit down. And I was like, your my... daddy's going to be home in a second. He'll come see you. Beck, count us in. Wait, do I? Do you actually normally count, or do I just? Yeah, I always, just... I, I always go three, two, and then I stay quiet, like in Wayne's World, and I point, and then I go. <laughs> All right, I'm doing it. You point to yourself? No, I point to you guys on the screen. So just oh. the Skype box. Okay, got it. All right, three, two. Hello, and welcome to the Friday Night Movie Podcast, where my siblings and I sit around and talk about movies and TV shows like we once did as children sitting around the dinner table on a Friday night. I have to say you that ha- voice, have to be that, that's almost really, like a whip, that's like a yeah. whipped creamy voice. It's not so you, buttery, I, it's more of it like butterbeer. Like, okay. It sounds like you were lulling us to sleep. Okay, well, let me try again. Your okay, voice. three. Oh two. no, that was... I, Hello, I think she should get a second and chance. Welcome okay. to Friday Night Movie Podcast. I, I, I always say here. I always say here, here we, are? we are. Oh, I couldn't remember. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember the here we are. Okay, got it. Um, okay, again, count us in. Last time, three, two. Here we are at the Friday Night Movie Podcast, where my siblings and I sit around and talk about movies and music, like we once did on a Friday night, sitting around at the dinner table. Was that better? That's better. Great intro, Beck. Great. I was really nervous. I'm worried I'm making too many mouth noises. Okay. Uh, so, Lily, how are you doing today? I am pretty good. Pretty good. I'm excited because um, I don't. I think I'm probably the only person that watches this show on Netflix. The the show Sense Eight. It's just just me. Oh. I think like just no, no, me no. in terms of no, like no, no. the we, whole universe. We, no, Vlad and I totally watch it. Okay, so so you'll be excited to learn that it just abruptly ended, which was really crappy. It's it really by felt the... like the worst season finale of a television show of all time. Well, it, it, it just finale. ended, and that was supposed to be the series finale because they canceled no it. Sense. It's yeah. made by the Wachowski. Sorry, is it Wachowski? Wachowski's. Is it Wachowski or Wachowski? Uh, yeah, whatever. It's made by um, by them. And uh, it's it's I I'm really into it for some reason, and it just ended. Oh, and it's I think a super fans, cool show. It's very cool. And what annoys me is that there's so much dreck on Netflix. That how did this is, very well? Awesome... I think it was really expensive to shoot. It's, they shot well, in like all it's, it must right. have been really expensive. It's to like make. as a Game of Thrones budget was a bit ambitious for them. So. So I'm sure that's the, one of the reasons. And um, but they just released a like two hour proper finale. Ooh, did you watch so it? They, no, I'm going to watch it tonight. Oh, that's so exciting. All right. Vlad well, yeah. and I will have um, to see I'm, that too. I feel like that should be a legal rule. That if your show gets canceled or has like an abrupt ending, that there should be like insurance that fans could right. like pay into that you get at least like a two-hour finale. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so that, that is the law in Canada. Oh, <laughs> and we have a legal expert here with us tonight. Uh, Howie Kislowitz, my brother's musical life partner um and i i don't know shy are you gonna do a proper intro i feel like we should ask you how you're doing first shy since you didn't do the the intro today well, i at least owe uh, you uh how are you doing uh, I, i'm doing great because uh, you know i it's time to spread the butter around uh mom did such a good job in the previous episode in drawing us i thought it would be fun if beck did the intro today uh and no i think since you all are lily and becky are taking over the interview portion of of the opening of the show i think you guys should do the intro because i really have never heard you describe our uh music before and what must have been kind of a irritating childhood to a certain degree having to go to all of your brother's concerts and things like that i'm gonna interrupt you right away and say this very few siblings like kids probably get the chance to have a famous and i'm not kidding when i say this famous rock band in their family that they can (laughs) go to not only not only 
at Hanukkah synagogue parties. Yeah, true, <laughs> true story. But like at awesome venues, like later on when we were in college, um, that were like like no, famous. Come on, As guys a- played at the same place that Fishbone played at, where I lost my hearing with Shy when he made me go to that concert. <laughs> so- uh- <laughs> I, it was amazing. I have to say, being, being like 13 years old and having you, 14 years old and having you sneak me into bars and venues so I could watch you guys play was really the coolest part of my adolescence. So it was never annoying and it was always extremely, extremely cool. And we loved your, like we were legit fans. Oh yeah, we were huge fans. No, we were huge fans. And one of my favorite childhood memories is... You know, uh, being a kid, you know, being 13, 14 years old and having to go to bed because uh, I, you know, obviously had a bedtime and I could hear you and your band practicing in the basement or your friends jamming in the basement and I would fall asleep to that. And that's still one of my favorite memories of growing up. That's really cool. So, yeah. So, uh-oh, watch out, fans. This is turning out to be a nice episode where we say <laughs> sweet things about each other. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. There's it's no coming. Way. It's coming. There's no way. Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I hated practicing with Shy. That, <laughs> that makes it better. Um, wait, Shy, would you like to give Howie a real introduction? Oh, I mean, Howie's my musical life partner. We became friends. Um, and uh, in a musical way, at Razi Egan's bat mitzvah, we were sitting. I was about on, to ask, what was the catalyst of this musical? The catalyst was we were sitting. We were sitting in the uh, balcony uh, in the old version of the Reconstructionist Synagogue in Montreal before it had been uh, renovated or rebuilt, I guess. And we were sitting in it watching um, uh, at Razi's aunt lead the electric slide. She's very boisterous, <laughs> and. One of us so said specific. to the other, one of us said to the other, hey, do you like the band Sticks? And the other one was like, yeah, I love Sticks. And thus the friendship was minted right there. And at the same time, the band, uh, the other Montreal band, Wolf Parade, was forming like two seats over. <laughs> <laughs> were, were they? No. Uh, <laughs> No, because I know there are like other Jewish Montreal bands that are still around. Maybe they also went to our synagogue. No, okay. it might have been the Lovely Feathers. The Those Lovely guys. Feathers. Those guys were after you, though. Yeah, no, they're they're a little younger than us, but they're, they're the they're next very generation. Nice guys. Nice right. Guys. Um, cool video for that song, Lawiza. Yeah. Uh, and Howie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to uh, to be a guest on the podcast. Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, here I am. Um, <laughs> And uh, I have I have really enjoyed, as I was saying to Becky before the show, I've really enjoyed uh, your awesome podcast, but also getting to catch up a little on your lives through the uh, through the podcast. So I'm 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 honored to be here, uh, and I'm excited to chat with you guys. No, Although I, I will so say I'm totally intimidated to talk um, TV and movies with you guys. You, you're, I like say to my my uh, wife that I totally grew up on TV, which I think is true until I hear you guys talk uh, about, so, about television. So like I, I make like, you I would, look less lazy, is what you're saying. Well, you're more sophisticated in your appreciation. <laughs> That's of, a very nice way to say. Sophisticated in our appreciation of garbage television shows. Thank no, you. But, no one has ever called me sophisticated. Just period. Uh, Wait, I, I, I do I, like I, Sensate too. I'm a fan of Sensate, oh, cool. and I, I have seen the uh, I've seen the series finale. Oh, what um, this is what are you telling me? Like, we, it's not like we can talk about law with you, but here you are schooling us on Netflix. Yeah, well, you know, this is, is not that a like a, a lawyer strategy. Like, they can tell you that, <laughs> that you're like, now we think you're super awesome about they, like they tell you to the first thing they teach you in the first day of law school is make sure the other side thinks you're an idiot. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I'm really good at that. I haven't figured out the second part where you actually are a lot smarter than them. But uh, the uh, the Sensate finale, in my opinion, I watched it like in chunks. I often watch TV like on the elliptical machine, um, so I didn't have it in one like full sit down. I felt like even though it's like over two hours, it it felt a little rushed because it seemed right. like. 
the writers were trying to get in what they would have done in the next season, season. into sure. two and a half hours, which mm-hmm. was probably all the budget they were allowed to use. Um, but it was like feel good, right? The name of the episode is um, Amor Vincit Omnia, which is Latin for uh, Love Conquers All, right? So, so it kind of how he says that as if, like, as, as, I mean, yeah, as if we're like sitting around knowing. You didn't even need to translate it, Howie. Okay. Oh, you're translating it for our listeners. I got That's it. That's right. Yeah. No, um, no, I uh, I needed the translation. So thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so I mean, it kind of they kind of tell you where it's going, and and so you know that it's going to have a happy ending, I suppose, from the title. But um, I wouldn't say there's like yeah, there's some cool stuff. There's not like big reveals. There's not huge plot developments. It's just mm-hmm. basically a big, um, not like a fight scene, but Sort of good good guys versus bad guys strategy. So you don't get like a lot more exposition of like this this cool new species of beings that you didn't know about before. You mean like the X Men? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. Well, I'm intrigued. I don't. I I do say I'm wary of shows that don't have a proper ending. Like if someone tells me to watch a show. I will often ask if it's already over. I'm like, so does it end like real or am mm. I going to end in the middle of the story and be depressed? Right. You know, what well, it at least is? this first, one, the first funny. season is so good. And I would say it's worth yeah. watching for the first season. And then, you know, after that, it, it kind of just goes, you know, down downhill, I suppose. To me, it's a little like uh, like lost in that way. Uh, and I don't know if you guys were fans of yeah. Lost. But, I know uh, I never saw Lost, but Lily described the entire series to me in detail, episode by episode. So I basically all I know seen it. is there's a smoke monster and everybody's dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. But what makes Lost, the first season of Lost, uh, fun to watch, at least it was for me, was they do all the backstories of all the characters. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know the science fiction element of the show and the mystery element of the show is kind of the setting, uh, but what. I found interesting was, you know, these characters showing how they got to where they are. Um, and once you've met all the characters, it I think it's harder to do that, the interesting character development, because they've just told you the whole backstory. So um, they, the writer sometimes switched to focus on developing the plot, which <laughs> doesn't always work as well hmm. for me. Um, um, you know what does work well for me? Your new EP called Shoulders, which we are very excited Good to discuss. Segue host. Wow. Becky dropping the segue bomb there. Amazing. Just waiting for my opening. No, I'm I'm really, really it's because I'm really excited to talk about this, having been a very longtime fan of the Shy and Howie duo and like a genuine fan. It's not just because I'm your little sister Shy. It's because I really have always loved the music you've written. Um, When we get into discussing the album, I'm going to talk about um, how prior to its release and with the birth of my daughter, I have been listening to a lot of um, What Does It Eat slash Bear Left uh, music which we can talk about later and the effect it's kind of had on me, this nostalgia it's brought back. Um, But yeah, guys, uh, do you want to just start off by telling us a little bit about the album? And then Lily and I can go into some of our questions. How you want to take it, take it away? Uh, Well, uh, it's the culmination of of quite a few years of work. I think, you know, both uh, as Shai's talked about, he has, his his daughter, so his his daughters are are young, and I have a son uh, about the same age as Shai's eldest, um, and so that's been uh, between that and having a full time job, it pretty much takes up all your life as you're learning, I'm sure, Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to find time for the other things that you used to do that made you feel like you had you're a full person, right? Um, so as our kids got older and we managed to squeeze in a little bit more time, we over the last few years have been writing and recording these songs. But I think to me, uh, what was special about this collection is that um, we didn't say, let's sit down and write a bunch of songs and make a new record. Um, we just kind of made the songs we felt we needed to make at the time. And then once we had 
amassed a collection of them, we thought, you know, these songs kind of fit together because they're all written from a similar period of life and there's some common themes. So why don't we put these songs together into a collection? Uh, so uh, what that means, I think, for the record is that it's it's a really honest record, right? It's really personal and because all of these songs were songs that we felt in one way or another we needed to write rather than songs that we were writing like to a purpose. Well, you know, it's funny you talk about how how it's this album is so particular because it's this collection of very personal songs but on your previous albums although there's songs that are are funnier and tell maybe some tell stories there's always been a personal nature to your to your writing to your music on each of your albums there's always been at least a couple of very personal songs right uh yeah i i i agree i think i mean that that's true i think what what so yes if you go back to like the first bare left album i think there's a couple of uh, particularly like i would say heavy breakup songs for example mm-hmm. which i think are pretty typical of a um of a of debut boys album. in there of, of a debut <laughs> album yeah of a debut album uh, in there a guys in their teens uh, uh recovering from a couple of major breakups um, in fact, one of the catalysts to that album was, was was a breakup song that Howie helped me me write when I was refusing to leave my couch and only watching reruns of news radio because I was so depressed. Um, that on 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 this album, what is cool about this? So, like, I think as like a writing duo, I don't know how many people write in a duo, but I've always enjoyed the 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 back and forth of of the duo. I think you go through different arcs and when you're younger and you're writing your songs for the first time you have no self-consciousness you're like we're gonna write a song and it's about a sheep that goes to the slaughter and we're gonna write a song and it's about the earth and protecting the earth these are actual things that happened Um, (laughs) and and you have no you have no shame because you're 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 just putting out there what you think songs should be and you're so excited by the fact that you're writing songs for the first time and then over time, you write about different things, but as, as you grow up and, and you, you get married and, and other things are happening in your life, it becomes harder and harder over time to simply just like open up and write directly about something as personal about what do I worry about as a parent every day? Um, this great mentor of mine passed away. These are all subjects that are they're part of the song and what, part of this particular record. And what was so meaningful to me was I felt like this was a time that was only rivaled by the early days of us writing music where i felt like howie and i had like all the emotions on the table and i give howie the the full credit for really having started that process because uh howie uh shared one particular song with me um uh that i think was very beautiful and emotional and then invited me to kind of uh, reply in kind w- with with lyrics that would be very personal and that I think got the ball rolling in a way that like you don't expect like you know grown I mean I guess we're kind of sensitive dudes but like <laughs> um, you don't little. really expect like grown dudes to sit there and, and bear their souls about their anxieties about where they are in their life the way I think we did in writing this stuff which leads me to my question of you guys I'm I mean you guys live really far apart and what was it like working in this way and recording like postal service style at a distance um I think over time that's gotten easier um like we've had various sort of tech technological incarnations of this thing because we've lived far apart for quite a while right I think shy you moved away like right after college um and we haven't lived in the same city since then um and we haven't always been recording but um you know we at at one time we would we had like a ftp site that we used which was a bit more cumbersome Uh, and then i think with the advent of uh sort of file sharing technologies right like you know your dropbox or box.com or whatever uh that has just made the process a lot more user friendly um, so it's more inviting, right? It's easier to sit down and just do something uh, and have it show up on the other person's computer rather than having to go through a bunch of steps to make that work. So yeah, um, yeah. That so like has, how? Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say. So so how we would work on a session using Logic, which is what we used on uh, Mac, 
and save the file in Dropbox. And then I could just open it up on my side and it would have all the exact settings and everything that Howie recorded and I could make my additions. And then Howie could just send the other guy a note saying, I made some updates. Did you miss recording in the same room? Because you guys used to have a studio. In your own studio. In our our basement. Uh, So I I think you used your bar mitzvah money for, right? uh, Sure. Um, (laughs) Lots of money. Um, I I, I think that... um, so what's funny is is that the writing process is something that Howie and I have mostly done on the phone since we were teenagers. We've always had like phone writing sessions where Howie's on guitar and I'm scribbling and we're throwing ideas back and forth. But recording for me is something I always enjoyed more doing in person because I really like the like I always like will watch Howie's eyes and it's good to have another person in the engineering room to kind of help psych you up and get that performance right. Um, but I think that got more comfortable as time went on how yeah and and i think that's right you know it would be in a perfect world right Right. it would be nice to be able to take a couple of weeks to be in the same city and and record some tracks together and we managed to do that for the last record um i think i came down to to shy's place and we we had set aside a few tracks so we thought you know we really have to do these live off the floor um for various reasons um but uh, I think we've gotten a little bit better at doing it. The other thing is um, shy has been exploring more using programmed beats some of the time. Um, so that it does, you don't really need to be in the same place. Like once shy programs the beat, he sends it over to me and then I can play with it, cut it up. Um, and then I can record on top of it. Uh, so that, that, another aspect of technology that's just gotten way better and more user-friendly uh that's i think given us a way into to experiment with other sounds yeah like the beat the beat on the song sisters i wrote on my cell phone which is just wild you did that's that, so cool that we that we live in the it's future so 2018 <laughs> um, I want to. Sorry, I. Well, you know, I love uh, deep technical conversations. I want to get back to um, uh, the more personal side of creating an album. Um, how do you know when you're writing if you want to take a comical tone when talking about something very personal or a more serious one? Because while Sisters and Turn to Rays is, you know, quite, quite. Uh, or at least turned to raise is quite heavy. Um, Arcade Fire is a very funny song. You're almost like <laughs> you're really like poking fun at yourselves. And oh, you guys have to tell the story. And and I'd like Sorry, you to talk more about to that. And you know, underneath the 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 comedy, is there a deeper layer of regret or sadness or anything else going on there? You know, it's so funny that you say that, Becky, because that's the reaction I've gotten. And when when I was like putting my parts into the song i'm like this isn't funny this this is like deep self mockery uh in, <laughs> like in a in a very serious way like to me like if somebody had had said this is what i think you were thinking and put the lyrics in front of me to me that would like cut to the bone like <laughs> if, if someone else said it about me but like I totally now I totally see the the humor in it. I I think you know most of my engagement with the world has some sort of humor to it. It's just the way that I I meet the world. Uh so sometimes it comes through unintentionally like in that song. But Shai, why don't you tell the story of the song cuz I think Sure. It's a okay. Little... So the, so this and let's be clear. My feelings on the song is that uh, just in general is that uh, uh, I accept the fact that I have unresolved jealousy about Arcade Fire, and it's I mean, never who wouldn't? That's, that's normal. So, so like, we if you didn't, com- you'd be super pretentious, and nobody would believe you. So, we <laughs> so it's good to- you just admit it. Yeah, exactly. So we went to McGill University um, at the same time that Arcade Fire was playing in shows, and and I will fully admit, I and like. I respect them. I like one of their songs that I've heard, um, but I was never an early adopter. Uh, other people mm. in college, in fact, I remember sitting in Club Zone or Club One, depending on what it was called at the time, and they were playing a show, and I forget who, I want to say it might have been with Mike Evan, uh, and I'm sitting next to our friend Zach, who was in another band called Dr. Tom's Leather at the time, uh, which was my favorite of, our, of the other bands on the scene. 
And Zach leans over to me and he says, these guys are going to be huge. And I look up and I see Wynn <laughs> Butler wearing like a full Civil War, like captain's outfit. And his wife, I don't know if she were, they were married at the time, wearing those doodly bopper alien things on her head and i'm listening to the music and i was like yeah all right they sound sort of like smashing pumpkins whatever and then good thing you're not an agent yeah (laughs) Yeah. clearly um and then and then later we would play in a battle of the bands organized by a really awesome dude named robbie robbie pra and Robbie Pra, who is now, I believe, uh, like a content director at Netflix or something like that. I mean, it, this was the, you know, he wanted to be in entertainment. And he had this idea that he was going to put on this Battle of the Bands. And Robbie put on this Battle of the Bands, and we were friends with him. So he put us on the bill, and he put a bunch of other bands at the time on the bill, including Arcade Fire. And I don't really remember how it turned out. Uh, I know we did not win. I think we went over our time and like violated the rules. And and so we were like disqualified or something like that. And then Amazing. some some a 10-piece funk band that had just formed like the day before won because those were big at the time, like these funk collective bands. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they, were and they so won. Big. And after the I show, remember. I grabbed, everyone had the Sabian symbol bag. And I grabbed the symbol bag. I took it home. And when I opened it, when I got home, there was a, a different symbol that wasn't mine. So I called back to Robbie. said, anyone find a symbol? Turned out one of the other guys in one of the other bands had accidentally taken my symbol back home he made me pay him to get my uh zildjian symbol back from him and i get the symbol back many years later it turns out that and a tale is sort of woven out of all of this and people would say to me like things like arcade fire didn't they steal your symbol once <laughs> you know or like arcade around fire, didn't they win the battle of the bands in montreal also not true and then the other one which was and this someone actually posted on the internet once that we won the Battle of the Bands and Arcade <laughs> and Fire you were came like, in. Yes, we did. <laughs> and and that didn't happen either. Um, and so that was like a legendary like. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of things. And, and, and in fact, an article Howie was once interviewed uh, by uh, a gentleman uh, uh, writing an article for Maisonneuve magazine about that Battle of the Bands. Is that right, Howie? Well, yeah, that the guy who wrote the article is actually he's he's a pretty big deal. He he wrote a novel that won the Giller Prize, which is like Canada's version of the I don't know sure. Penn Faulkner Prize. Um, Not the Pulitzer. Uh, do, do they give Pulitzers for novels? You That's lost not... me at you lost me at prize sure. for writing and books <laughs> and of books. Of course, they give the Pulitzer for novels. All right, right? so then it's a Pulitzer. Uh, uh, I don't know. Just display my know, ignorance though. here. They definitely do. So, uh, so he won this huge prize, and he for a novel that's excellent, right? He wrote this really cool uh, sort of imagined history of the guy who invented the theremin. Um, uh, anyway, it's called Us Conductors. Definitely recommend it. Um, but uh, he at the he was at at McGill the same time that we were at McGill and he was developing his uh, his writing through journalism and other things and he was a music critic for this website called Tang Monkey uh, and then he made his own mp3 blog which became really famous um, anyway so he uh, wrote to me out of the blue one day he's like there's for some reason that Battle of the Bands is like a milestone in my memory and I want to try to put it back together and explore ideas about memory and nostalgia through it. Um, so he called me up and like we talked for like an hour and a half and there's like a half a line attributed to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. He's like... This, this, this Arcade Fire Battle of the Bands story is just getting better and better for you guys. But that conversation is what planted the seeds of this song for me because... Oh, really? Uh, okay. How long okay, ago was this conversation? Oh, who knows? Uh, uh, Ten years ago. I was not married yet at the time oh, that wow. you had that conversation. Yeah, so... Because I remember uh, where I was at the time, and it was like... No, right no, no. My... That's not right, because I, I had a baby already. Oh, you already had a baby? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Maybe not. All right. Yeah. Well, well the conversation way, happened, and that's what's yeah. important. And Over I was... seven years uh, ago. I remember that I had a baby because I was totally sleep deprived and I and like I totally let my guard down and in my memory anyway revealed all my petty jealousies about uh, <laughs> Arcade Fire. <laughs> um, 
And I was like, isn't this amazing? Like, uh, it's, it's, it seems like a subject for a song I need to write in order just to get it out of my system, right? To, to somehow get past it. Uh, and so that's where, to me, that's where that feeling in the song comes from. Uh, and, yeah. and my side is, for years, I had just thought it would be funny to write a song with the chorus, F.U. Win Butler. Uh, <laughs> And on more than one occasion, I had pitched the kind a version of that to Howie, um, uh, which he rightfully reshaped into Win Butler is a rock star. Because <laughs> 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 uh, I was like, whatever, I'm never getting over this. Howie's always been more respectful. <laughs> and and that is why we told the story and in in the in the song we name check the different folks who played there and uh, that is that's turned out to be a special song on on a lot of levels um so it's it's it i i think it does close the sort of book on the jealousy piece in a certain way at the same time i'm like oh i hope when butler hears this song <laughs> well <laughs> listeners um if anyone anybody knows win butler knows how to get this song to win butler we would really appreciate if you make sure he has a listen. So, thank you, Lily. And more? and and yeah. again, deserving of their success. They're a great band. Oh we yeah, are, yeah. I am not. I am. There's. A, I love. Their I'm first not jealous album. of them. No, no, no. no. So, I'm actually really Lily, happy they rose Lily, to I'm, the status I'm con- that they did. I'm conscious yeah. of time, and I know we have a yes. little bit of a can surprise I, for how. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah, so can I just should... quickly say one thing? I remember being in university, and there was like a bunch of. I was at in the like in like one of the restaurants or cafeteria or whatever with a bunch of kids from like whatever students from my classes or something like a bunch of people around and they were all talking about like they were gonna go hear this new band that's like from from school because it like they went to mcgill that we're gonna go to they were gonna be playing at some bar and they were gonna go hear them and it was the same night that you were you guys were playing a show and i i remember being like no 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 i'm not going i'm going to see uh, my brother's band because they're amazing you guys should come with me <laughs> and they were all like nah like your brother's band like we could see another time like these guys like who knows what's gonna happen to them and we're all gonna go see them and i'm like no and i was like arguing and then in the end that was arcade fire and i'm like damn it why didn't i go <laughs> although i love you guys whereas i remember yeah. when their first album came out listening it to a bunch of my college friends and everyone was like this album's amazing and even though i knew it was amazing i was like eh, whatever my brother wants to beat them in a battle of the bands they're not that good <laughs> true story right. that really did well, happen. The, that that all right perfect segment right. okay so now now here's our segment we've been preparing for you so one of my favorite games to play on this podcast is when lily reads things and tries to make sense of them it's a good thing Partic- that howie is a lawyer because some of the things that you sent me to read i could go to jail for okay <laughs> So I would like Lily is going so it's going to be there's there's a quiz element of this game for for you because I can't I I know what I sent her and then there is a Lily asking you questions us both of us questions as to what these mean okay so Lily is going to read you lyrics to a song by a particular artist they're all by the same artist I won't reveal it yet and as she reads I don't know which let's, one let's she'll not get ahead of ourselves. let's try and do one let's okay. see where we get okay. You'll have to guess the name in the song. If you can guess the year, that's even better. And then Lily's going to ask us some questions. This is one of our favorite bands, you and my favorite band. Okay, stop giving things away. Okay. Okay, here I go. Frozen, flaking, fish raw nerve. In a cup of silver liquid fire. Moon jet brave beam split ceiling swerve. And light the old Valhalla. Come join us with us, please. Valkyrie, it's not from Thor. Valkyrie, maidens cry. Above the cold wind to Valhalla. The heroes rest upon the size of Thor's trusty handmaidens. So it's, it but is it's from not Thor. from Thor? No, it is from Thor. It's the theme music to Thor. It's a it's it's a, it's a soundtrack to the it's, 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 Midnight it's, it's, Lonely Whispers Cries. We're getting a bit short on heroes lately. Sword snap, fright, white, pale goodbyes in the desolate desolation of Valhalla. And join us, please. Join, and join with us, please, Valkyrie maidens. Only if it's Tessa Thompson. <laughs> Empty handed on a cold wind to Valhalla. Howie? Right. So that's that, that's uh, Ricky Martin's 1996 <laughs> uh, hit. 
uh, living La Vida Valhalla, I think. Uh, he, no, that's he sings so romantically that nobody ever realized that these were the lyrics. That's right. No, I, this is clearly Jethro Tull. That could only is be Jethro Tull. Is it clearly yeah. Jethro Tull? Oh, clearly. I Becky, will you got never, that, right? Oh, yeah. And I will never, ever forget being a kid and driving in the car with the whole family and, and Shy trying to make us listen to Jethro Tull and everyone yelling at him and Mom and Dad turning it off and Shy going, when I'm 16 and I can drive, I'm going to make everyone listen to Jethro Tull. And that is exactly what happened. It's, it kept his promise. <laughs> How many times Sorry, have you I have gone to literal Tull. war over some <laughs> bands and music? So can I can I go can I go deep here for a minute? Uh, Please do. So Shy and I were so into Jethro Tull. Like, it's um, so embarrassing. I can't believe both of you would ever admit that out loud. Uh, I, you, I, we were I deep was I, I was embarrassed about it for a while, but I've decided to own it. I've never been a, embarrassed about it. I own it proudly. <laughs> I, I, I have, have a hard a time. <laughs> So we were so into Jethro Tull uh, that when we were going through our, our teenage rebel phase, uh, we we wrote for an anonymous magazine that we distributed in school. Let's, uh, let's be clear. My stuff was never accepted to it. <laughs> but Hilarious. we were we needed we needed pseudonyms. Uh, and I don't remember if it was yours or mine that we took the pseudonym Toe. Because, because on the first or one of the first singles by Jethro Tull, their name was misspelled Jethro Toe. Like that's how deep Whoa. into Jethro Tull we were, uh, and we would uh, celebrate the solstice, uh, much like their uh, the pagan themes in their in their music. So uh, yeah, Valhalla. Not my favorite song, but I do. I can definitely hear the melody in my head. The cold. Why wouldn't that Valhalla. be your favorite song? It cold cold like of Valhalla. So from the album Minstrel in the Gallery. All right, Lily, hit us with another okay. one. Here's another one that um, I'm glad that there's a lawyer present. There's another one that Chai sent me that I literally won't read out loud that would ever be published anywhere because it's like about a pedophile. So no, I don't understand why that was remotely acceptable even back then. This one, well, in the Me Too era, I'm glad there's a lawyer present. That's all I'm saying. Um, just so you know, I'm not a lawyer exactly. <laughs> and, and to be clear, and to be clear, the song that you're talking about is Aqualung. It's not like the, the it's not it the, the song that you won't read are the lyrics to Aqualung, which is kind of a famous people, classic rock sure. song about a lecherous character. I hope people Google it and then read those <laughs> lyrics and then never listen to it again. Okay, so it's on you people to go Google the lyrics to this horrendous song. It's got to be their um, biggest hit too, right? Yeah, it's their biggest. biggest what does that say sure. about them? I can't, I can't. I have so many questions. You can okay. read this more Jethro Tull yes. lyrics. Okay, go. Okay. Walking through the forest of palm tree apartments. Scoff at the monkeys who live in their dark tents. Down by the waterhole, drunk every Friday, eating their nuts. Yeah. Saving their reasons for Sunday. Lions and tigers. Oh, wait, in the shadows. Who oh, wait in the shadows? They're fast, but they're lazy and sleep in green meadows. What? Why would they sleep in green meadows? That makes no sense. Let's bungle in the jungle. That pretty much just gave up. <laughs> and this is where things get shady in, in the Me Too era. Well, that's all right by me. I'm a tiger when I want love, but I'm a snake if we disagree. Hello. Ooh. Maybe I feel like you could so... read you could read that a few different ways, but a tiger like, when I want love that's not all that nice either. Tigers here's... aren't known for their sweet demeanor and gentle temperament. You know, you say yeah. I'm like a koala when I want love. Yeah. I think you need or to uh, have a, a bit of context, isn't that the person who sings these lines also plays the flute? So, <laughs> how does he play the flute the and sing beginning. at the same time? No, I. I think listeners know when you say Jethro Tull, you're talking about I the premier rock and roll band. I guarantee they do not. How do you play <laughs> the flute and sing talk. in the band at the same time? How is a rock band based on a very shady flute player? That's like, the paradox of Jethro can Tull. Can somebody please exp- answer my first question? 
he doesn't do, sing and play at the same time. Although he goes, sometimes he kind of grunts. So it's he like sometimes. a little bit of flute and then he stops and he no, sings. No, it's so much flute. It's no, so I, much it's flute. a lot of flute. It's like mostly flute and, flute and, and then he says some words and then he just plays the flute. What was that I mean, one song? That it's was the like reason. Jethro Tull is the reason there isn't flute in any other rock band. He used up all the flute. Is this called a rock band? Is this called a rock band? Oh, they are a rock band. Oh, yeah. No, they, in fact, you want to know a fact? You want to know a factoid? Going I up against do. Metallica, and I want to say 1988 or 89, Jethro Tull was the first band ever to win a Grammy Award for heavy metal for their song Steel Monkey off of the Crest of a Nave album. Which is laughable, right? That they shouldn't yeah, yeah. have won that award. Okay. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, it's not even there a was heavy a metal song. I mean, guys, I love talking about Jethro Tull. But okay, I'm wait. wondering if we can move on. <laughs> we can. I just have a, one question. How many other bands are there? Like, I want you to give me, if you can think of any other bands that exist out there that should never have been famous, that make no sense that they were ever famous, even in the 70s. Think on it. You can get back to me. Right, because can, okay. it means this is like a huge anomaly. The two teenagers from Montreal became obsessed with this band. And I mean, it It was it like Jethro Tull to me is like the epitome of the Montreal Quebecois taste in prog rock. Like there is <laughs> for some That's reason, true, actually, there is oh, like yeah. a I, deep, I thought it was very... there's a deep yeah, there's... love of prog rock in Quebecois culture. Like, I don't know what it is about those things oh, that line up, but they uh, good taste. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not it. Okay, we can move on. This was fun. Shy. Uh, oh, right. I forgot. I'm now back in. Yeah, I'm back, I'm, now I'm back. I'm back, back in, in the hosting range of the show. I really want to do was, this by rent met before we. Okay. But it seems right, so like if you do, read Howie's notes, it might be a little hard to No, no. Play. It's going to make it extra funny. Okay, so we're going to do Howie, by I'm rent met. I'm worried about Howie that he's never seen any of these movies. <laughs> We're going to buy Rent Man. This is the music movie edition. We got Howie, uh, you know, our, our musical friend. Okay, so. And, and again, these are based on things in our family, which makes it funnier that Howie's going to weigh in because in the process we learned he hadn't seen many of these. So musicals we watched growing up, Grease, Sound of Music, and Fiddler on the Roof. Do you buy, rent, or meh? And you can describe your reason for meh. Who? Is anyone... Howie's going. Uh, oh, well, no, one of you guys should go first. I'm going to go. Grease, so I'm going to buy Grease. I'm going to buy Grease. Um, because it's the most single you don't need longable. To say because. Every, everybody oh, it's knows just why. by Greece. Well, because I mean, I knew that soundtrack off by heart. Um, uh, and I didn't even know what the movie was actually about as a kid, I, which is I, probably for the I best. Own, I own Greece in multiple formats. <laughs> um, and I'm going to rent the first half of The Sound of Music before the Nazis come and it gets scary. Because again, I saw that as a child. And once the Nazis show up, it just is really, I just, it was really upsetting. I didn't understand it. Um, but the first half, when they're all, like, wearing matching outfits and singing in a row, oh, so adorable. Um, and then Fiddler on the Roof, I'm gonna meh. Because as a kid, again, I'm thinking of myself as a child, it just seemed so boring. Um, I'm sure as an adult, I deeply, deeply appreciate it. But as a, a small child, I just remember it feeling like torture to have to watch. Yep, pretty much agree all around. All right. How? Except the reason I would buy Grease is because it gave us Grease too. Without it, would have cool writer. So, um, I will say that my my first access to Greece was through an eight track tape that my parents had. Amazing of, of oh, the soundtrack. That's great, uh, and I have this very vivid memory of going into my parents' room, waking my mom up at like six in the morning because I was an early riser, and saying. Would you mind if I go to the den and listen to Greece? But don't worry, I'll wear headphones so I won't wake you up. Uh, that was <laughs> so cute. Having, ha- having just woken her up to ask her. About <laughs> her up, right, that's um, a kid. fair point. Um, so I will definitely buy Greece. Um, I'm gonna rent. Fiddler on the Roof, because uh, I don't think I've ever seen the movie all the way through, but I was in several Jewish summer camp productions of Fiddler <laughs> on the Roof. Uh, so I have some emotional uh, resonance with that. And The Sound of Music, I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't admit publicly that I've never seen it, but I've never seen it. So, uh, I and I don't really have any strong desire to, so I'm going to so, math that one. So I, I will just add that, and we can get into this another time, but, you know, put a pin in it. Uh, I am called the Muttle the Tailor of our family. <laughs> on a basis. 
because I'm the one that lives closest to our parents. Um, all right, music movies. Ab- to call you. Music movies about bands. Howie and I, you know, we've lived the band life. Um, <laughs> I would just like to say that I saw that thing. Oh wait, you're gonna sorry. You should probably say the, the so three. that that thing you do, starring Tom Hanks. The commitments starring. I, mean, actors, I don't think it actually. I don't know. Stars Tom Hanks. It's more like Liv Tyler. Well, he's and in it. He, Tom, Tom Hanks directed it. Tom Hanks is and in then, it. And then and then and then spinal it. and then Spinal Tap. And this is this is I think a tough one. This so is a Howie, tough one. I think uh, I, I think it's pretty easy. I, I want to kick it to Howie first. Oh, I okay. Kick it to Howie first because I think I've seen every one of these movies with yeah. Howie over the yeah, years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it is uh, that is this one is really hard. Um, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna buy Spinal Tap. Uh, only because, like, I feel like anybody watching that movie with me is having the worst possible movie experience because I'm saying <laughs> the lines half a second before the actor says them, not to be delivering clear, them as well. I, I knew all the jokes in Spinal Tap before I saw the movie because you recounted all of them to me. That, that's right. In the way that only teenage boys can do, right? It <laughs> yeah. would just, like, quote movies. Anyway, uh, so I and, – and that Spinal Tap is, like, the god – parent of all of the other Christopher Guest movies that are, you know, yes. improv based and hilarious mm-hmm. and I love each of them. So, I'm going to buy Spinal Tap. It's also like the I think the strongest sort of or the broadest cultural reference. Like you see references to Spinal Tap all over the place. Yeah, anytime you hear someone say crank it up to 11, it is yeah. a reference yeah. to Spinal Tap. Spinal, Spinal Tap. And and then a lot of other things and the t- t-shirts like I see t-shirts all the time. You don't see that many of that thing you do t-shirts going around. <laughs> I also love that Spinal Tap's second album was called Break Like the Wind. And, <laughs> and I only got that joke 10 years after the first time I saw the album cover. I have a, I have an annual Passover tradition where I, uh, I photoshopped, very poorly photoshopped, a picture of an amplifier and I superimposed a matzah, like a piece of matzah on top <laughs> of it. Uh, and I and I just have underneath it this amp goes to unleavened, uh, and ah. but I like I post it every year. It's like a ritual for me at this point. That's um, amazing. That's a t-shirt, dude. Uh, anyway, so buy Spinal Tap. I think between that thing you do and the commitments, I think I would rent that thing you do. Um, I loved that. Like to me, the strength of that movie is the strength of the song. And what's amazing about the song is you hear it like a hundred times in the movie and you like it every time. So it's a pretty perfect song um, written by the guy from Fountains of Wayne. Uh, Schlesinger. Get out. I was just about to ask who wrote the song. It's a uh, he great doesn't, song. I, I think it's performed, if I'm remembering right, it's performed by Mike Viola, uh, but written by, I forget his name, something Schlesinger. Anyway, perfect song and great characters. And the best part of the movie to me is that the bass player doesn't have a name. Yes. Uh, and, and in the credits, he's listed as TB player, as in the bass player. The bass player. Um, amazing. And then The Commitments, I love that movie. The music in that movie is amazing. The the acting in that movie is amazing. And like it's a bunch of like never before on camera people. Like They had like an open audition, I think, in Ireland. But, but uh, I'm just going to meh that because I have to meh one of them. Okay, I mean, what, I oh, pretty much agree with. Um, can I say? Yeah. Do you want to go first? I'm I saying unless you're Lily, you always breaks the rules. No, no, I, I, this one was easy for me, except that the commitments. I, it's the reason I would meh, is because in I know in theory it's a good movie, but I remember being in the country house in the basement and watching it with you and being so bored. <laughs> I, so I, I, I'm like, I know it's a good movie. I know the music's really great. You were so into it. I remember sitting here just not not feeling it. So I'm sure um, it's great. It's I so would have to buy that thing you do. So as much as I know you love that movie so I just, much. I love that movie so much. I saw it in theaters with Shy. Shy, you went with a bunch of your friends. Howie, you, I, mean, I think you were probably, probably you guys went together with some other friends and you brought me along. And we saw it at the Cote de Neige movie Oh yeah, theater. 100%. 100%. I remember exactly yep. what you're talking about. And <laughs> like not really knowing what it was or what it was about and just being so blown away. It was such a magical experience uh, seeing that movie. And it's a childhood favorite. So I'm going to have to buy it and uh, unfortunately rent Spinal Tap. But, you know, and then, man, the commitments. That's about it. So I- I'm going to buy that thing you do. I can't. I, like the pureness for which I love that movie. I bought mm-hmm. it on VHS as soon as I found it. I love that movie for all the reasons you talked about, but also because spoiler alert, I, because I love the fact that 
you know, the, the band drummer. doesn't stay famous. The band mm-hmm. doesn't stay famous. It follows this arc on purpose of the one hit wonder. And it's done so well. And it's about a it's, drummer. It, the other, the other two it's are about really a drummer. tough. So I feel like on, on principle, I have to rent spinal tap. Uh, but really I, I, I like the commitments more as a movie. I really, really love that movie. You are right. So I'm going to rent spinal tap because it would be wrong. I can't believe you could for... meh spinal tap. I'm renting Spinal Tap because it would be morally wrong to, to yeah. put it any lower than that. Um, but let's be but clear: I own, basically... I own all of these. I own all of these movies in multiple formats, so it's a little bit moot. Um, um, okay, cool. And I all think right, so we, that... and I think since I get to be in charge this episode, which everyone knows is my favorite thing, being in charge, um, yeah. I'm gonna we're gonna roll skip us to into the... no, okay. what we're but watching. Before you do that, wait, just before you do that. The I, the buy rent mag the last one the guilty pleasure had rock of ages Josie and the Pussycats blah and Rockstar with Marky right, Mark so you can tweet uh, our your responses at us hold on but we all know we're I gonna think, man Rockstar so no Rockstar I'm buying it because without it we wouldn't have that great um episode, this episode. Game, <laughs> which had me la- like crying like laughing crying on a plane laughing yes yeah, so on that a plane is true. that was one of the best podcast true. episodes I've ever heard true. so. Rockstar. All right. So, All right. what what's everyone watching? Howie, what are you watching these days? Well, I was going to say uh, the Sensate series finale. Uh, I just finished that, and uh, I really, I do really enjoy it. I thought it was a really fun uh, piece. I am watching the most of my TV comes from Netflix, so whatever. I think they just uploaded season five of Brooklyn Nine Nine, which, uh, like you guys, I'm a huge fan of. Um, I'm also watching the second season of Fauda, which is an Israeli show. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I tried, and it just stressed me out way too much. It is pretty stressful. The, the thing that we had a hard time with is is uh, it in Canada anyway. It defaults to the dubbed English version. Uh, oh, and uh, my wife likes to watch TV with subtitles, and the the dubbing doesn't match up with the English subtitles. Like the the scripts are different, so. Uh, it got really confusing to watch, so we switched. Wait, but is the... it, but is it dubbed in French? Because that would be amazing. You could probably watch it in French, I think. Um, but anyway, we watch it in in it's in Hebrew and Arabic in the in the original, and and um, it's one of those things though where I think Judd Apatow talks about this in his stand up special, like because uh, we default on streaming services to binging shows. By the time the next season comes out, you have no recollection what happened in the first season, so you almost have to like rewatch. I talked about uh, Sensate. Last night we had to watch the last episode of the season yeah. because I had no idea what happened. Yeah, you're and, right. and you're right. But I'm I'm much more uh, happy to just say ah, I'll just not know that part. That's okay <laughs> if I don't understand I, this. I have to say, with the amount of TV I'm watching lately, that is a default for for me lately. Is I'm willing to I'm, I'm my completest vibe is going away a little bit. I'm like mm, I'll just catch up on you know that in the last time on. And just a couple of uh, things to recommend. Uh, also, both Netflix uh, properties, I think. But um, the Dirk Gently series, uh, which is based on the Douglas Adams books, uh, it's and starring, um, oh, what's his name? I think Elijah. Uh, Wood? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I've seen some ads for that. Bilbo. We'll check it out. Yeah. So I would. Frodo. Not Bilbo. Frodo. Yeah. So Frodo's in it, and <laughs> it's like. Um, you know, it's like quirky science fiction stuff. Uh, I I've been really enjoying it, and I also I don't know if it's any good objectively, but they they have Hold a. On. Before you yeah. continue, I just want to yeah. say in Sp- in Spain it's called Todo es una mierda. Everything's a shit. Thought <laughs> 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 you'd appreciate that uh, title translation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything sucks is the yeah. is the last recommendation. Uh, it's like a nice coming of age story set in the '90s in a high school. So because that was like our time period for being in high school, it it rung a lot of bells for me. So uh, I would recommend it. I thought it was well written, and they do some cool stuff about sexuality and race and stuff. So cool, cool. Lily, what are you watching? Um. So on the weekend, I don't, I've said this before. I don't know if people heard it. Ever that I live next to a video rental store where you can physically go in and rent a DVD. That are mostly um, Van Damme movies, let's be clear. There's a lot of Van Damme, and there's a huge horror section, because it's Spain. People love horror movies here. Um, and uh, yeah, and then like the relative new releases, but what's interesting is that sometimes there'll be a movie out that hasn't been out in the States yet. 
I guess it's a European release. So it'll be on DVD before it goes on iTunes. I don't know if that's the case with this, but this movie I think is on Netflix. Uh, that's what it says when you start the movie. It's called, um, in Spanish it's called Seven Sisters. In English I think it's called What Happened to Monday. Who's typing? I'm sending you a message, Lily. Okay. I'm hurrying. Um, and so it's uh, it's not bad. If you're like in feeling like you have nothing to watch and you find it on Netflix for free, um, it's it's a, a bit slow, but it's a sci-fi movie kind of a la Orphan Black. Is it as slow it as this description? Sorry. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Hey, look, Betty, I feel like you delivered the meme for the fans. <laughs> that was it. I said it was coming. I said it was coming. Uh, thank you, Lily. We will we will check that out. Shy, what are you watching? I am watching Goliath on Amazon Prime, and I love the Amazon Prime crime type shows. Like I love Bosch. I just finished. I watched the Bosch season as well in like a week. And Goliath scratches a similar itch for me. Great performance from uh, Billy Bob Thornton, and kind of a you know L.A. noir lawyer takes on an impossible case he's down and out but somehow finds justice in the darkest places etc 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 i really enjoyed the first season i'm a few episodes into the second season really loving it all right um and i'm just watching more queer eye we talked about it on the last episode i'm really really savoring it so whereas lily's already up to episode six and i'm kind of jealous i'm really i've only seen the first two balled my eyes out could not more highly recommend it once again Cool. All, All right. right. Well, let's do any. Let's do our shout outs. Yeah, shout outs. Uh, who's doing shout? Who's got a shout? Uh, shout out to cousin Vanessa. Cousin, cousin Vanessa, Vanessa. Cousin Vanessa. Uh, wait. Who's hosting at this point? Is that me or you? Ah, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lily, Howie, who do you guys have shout outs for? Uh, well, to, I, uh, I. Go ahead. You go no, ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say to what does it eat? The awesome band. Check them out on Spotify. Um, I wanted to shout out to, well, not individually, but all the folks who have supported our Indiegogo campaign uh, or listened and reached out to us to tell us that they've been listening and, and whether they connected with the songs. It really means a lot to be able to do this, even though it's kind of a not something we're able to put our full time into, um, to be able to connect with people over music. Um and I also wanted to shout out to uh, a woman I work with who did the backup vocals on this recording. Her name is Kristen Van de Biesenbos, uh, and uh, she did a great job putting in some some vocals that, that we couldn't do on our own, and we're really grateful to her for that. Cool. All right. Uh, Shy. Or I guess I can give my shout out. Uh, well, oh, well. Uh, I did give my shout my, out. Sorry. I, I would say my, my shout outs are principally to the let's see who am i shouting out to i would say i'm gonna shout out to win butler i feel like you know <laughs> he's had a lot of angst over the song i don't want to start a fight you know it's it's really positive uh a, a positive story in the end you know when i hope you'll forgive me i know you sit around thinking about us all the time and how howie and i are really good dads and <laughs> he's and, like oh, i wish and, i didn't have this grammy and employees he's got a song coming out actually that's you know howie you're a great law professor <laughs> i shy, wish i didn't have this grammy i'd rather not have shy, it shy you're a great amateur podcaster um, hope your back hope your back's okay <laughs> oh does he know about your back problems yeah, maybe I don't know. Anyways, um, all right, all right. Um, where can we follow everyone? So you, Sh- everyone. Shy. Okay, so so you can follow me at Pancake Four Table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the whole website at pancakefortable dot com. You can follow just the podcast at FridayNightMoviePod dot com, and if you would like to hear the dulcet tones of my uh, margarine-like voice. I'm also on Behind the Behind the Music, where we have episodes coming up that cover both Johnny Cougar and another one in the can that's going to be out soon about the legendary Canadian musician who I love, 
Shania Twain. <laughs> yes, who is now taking over my Spotify because we share an account. And I went to open up the other day to see what I was recently listening to. And it was just Shania Twain. And I was so annoyed because it knocks off like the stuff I had been listening to to hear Canada's greatest country star. I dare you to put on that song, You're Still the One, and get through the whole song without like getting all misty in your eyes and singing along. Just say it. Still the one. <laughs> I think uh, I'll be fine. Okay. So, alrighty. I think, uh, Becky, where can people follow you? Becky's at Paper BK Princess because she had to duck out. Okay. On She's at Paper BK Princess on Twitter and Everyday Oat Blog for awesome, delicious uh, homemade recipes, healthy food that's delicious. And Lily, where can people follow you? Chichi K. Gomez on the Twitter. All right. So I think now the theme music by us, uh, What Does It Eat, is kicking in. And you dance in your chair, Howie. Uh, oh, I'm and dancing. And I, I dance in my chair. And um, Howie, how come you're the only one not dancing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a... We don't have enough time to tell that story, but when you come back, maybe we'll find a way to tell that story without offending the poor um, uh, younger sibling of a friend we know who, who was involved <laughs> in it. And anyways, thanks, everybody, for listening. This was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we'll thanks, see you again soon. Howie, for making the time and for joining us. It's like, it's like having family thanks nearby. For, uh, thanks for it's having great. me. It's been a pleasure. Becky is going to actually do our intro today because she has the she's doing the recording and has the higher quality mic. And my mom did the intro last week, and I'm kind of enjoying my sisters taking turns doing the buttery voice.